If you would turn to the book of Job, uh, the eighth chapter and the seventh verse. If you put it in the King James first, and then I want you to put it in the message, please, after that. Job chapter 8, verse 7. It says, Though my, thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Let's put it in the message. Okay. Where is it? There you go. Even though you're not much right now, you'll end up better than ever. <laughs> Even though you're not much now, you'll end up better than ever. I think that people sometimes believe. And, you know, when you're in the Word of Faith camp, uh, and you're a Word of Faith uh, believer, and you are a faith preacher, and you learn an immense amount uh, about faith, I think one of the challenges that comes is that people think that you will never have struggle. And it's oftentimes that people will even hide their struggle, because as well-meaning as other believers are, uh, bless their darling little hearts and their stupid little heads, they can make what you're going through a sign that you don't have faith or that your faith is not where it needs to be. And the realities are that many of us have to go through situations and circumstances. And as we go through them, I am not telling you what my faith is by what I say. I am demonstrating what my faith is by what I do. And the complexities of all of that, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.10. If you'd put that in the Amplified, please. 1 Corinthians 3.10. According to the grace, the special endowment for my task. Everybody say, I have a special endowment endowment. for my task. I, I think that people don't understand that everything you do, uh, there is a special endowment from God to do it. We are all uniquely uh, made, and we are designed with certain talents and gifts. And if you've ever noticed, a lot of times people that we see, professional uh, singers, professional entertainers, uh, started in the church. And we, as a church, the the challenge is that the church doesn't have the resources to contend with the way the world will financially respond to a gift. See, we as the church are too busy teaching people to be poor and that it's okay and that God is glorified by that and you don't need this and you don't need that and I'm going to get up on my soapbox for a minute so if you struggle with financial things and you might want to just tune me out for a second and I'll wave at you and you can (laughs) connect back in again but we 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 make our children go to school 
And we try to teach them that those types of sneakers are not necessary, which the truth of the matter is they're not. The problem, though, is the message you're sending is that the devil can take care of his people better than God can take care of his. And unbeknownst to many who have such poverty-minded and, and poverty ways of thinking, they don't realize the damage they're doing. Because I don't care what anybody says. Satan cannot take care of his people better than my God can take care of me. So <clears throat> when we understand that we all have special things about us, that we're, that we're all uniquely made, that God designed you a certain way, then when your gift is not recognized or handled properly, then people have had to go to the world to get their financial remuneration because the church wouldn't be able to handle that. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? And so we have turned a lot of uh, skillful, a lot of passionate, a lot of um, talented people away from the things of God into the world. When the problem is that that gift was given to them by God. And if it was given by God, then it was given for the use of. And just because they stand at a podium and say, I'd like to thank God, doesn't mean that they're thanking the same God we know. Are, are <laughs> so when he says, according to the grace of special endowment for my task of God bestowed on me like a skillful architect and a master builder, I laid the foundation. And now another man is building upon it, but let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Now notice what he says. I have a special endowment for my task that God bestowed upon me. And like a skillful architect and a master builder, <clears throat> I have, uh, in my home, I have a office that does not or did not have a door. It was a, a, a rotunda that goes into my office, but there's no door there. And so I looked for years. I spoke with contractors. I'm talking years. It, it, no less than 30 contractors have come into my house, looked at it, and said they can do something about it, whether it be glass, metal, wood, and then they leave and they tell me they can't do it because it's round. And so we finally found one guy that said, I can do it. And I'm like, <laughs> he said, no, really, I, I can do it. And so I said, okay, well, here's the thing. I ain't paying you until it's done. Because I might have been born at night, just wasn't. So I gave him a little bit of down payment to buy the materials with. He comes in, and he comes in with, no, no, just, just. Hear me on this. He comes in with a roll of uh, wrapping paper under his arm and a pencil over his ear. And I'm like, what's he, what's he doing with wrapping paper? He rolls a wrapping paper out on the floor in front of the doorway, and he traces the arch with the, with the wrapping paper. So I'm like, this dude, old school. <laughs> so he's, he built these magnificent doors. Anybody that's ever seen them, they are mag 
magnificent. They're heavy. They are solid wood. They have uh, metal caps. I mean, beautiful. Expertly done. He revealed to me that he's a master builder. And when he put this thing together, his methods might not have seemed like it made sense to me. But when he constructed this thing, the skill he demonstrated showed me this dude is a master builder. If I needed anything else, he would be the first guy I'd call. Because he demonstrated his ability to express his skill with the gift he's been given. You have to understand you have a gift. You may not feel like you have a gift. You may not know what that gift is. You may think that somehow, because of your own way of seeing yourself, your own lack of esteem, your own inability to respect and regard your own self, you may think you don't have a gift, and you may be thoroughly convinced. The problem is, the Bible says we were all fearfully and wonderfully made, which means there is something God put on the inside of you that is a gift. And the problem that most people have is not realizing so much what the gift is, but being skillful and a master builder with what they already know. See, he didn't come in with some type of contraption and laser guided thing. He came in with a roll of Christmas paper. See, God don't need you to be skillful in what you don't know. And this is the problem because success eludes many people because they're chasing success in terms of what they can do, not in who they need to become. So then what happens is you think there's a tool you're missing. It's a poor carpenter that blames his tools. So you're waiting for something that God, you're like, well, when God gives me this, I'll do this. And he said, no, like a skillful architect, he said, according to the grace, the specific endowment, the special endowment that God gave me, he said, like a skillful architect, not God is a skillful architect, although he is, but he's not talking about God. He's talking about himself. He said, I skillfully laid the foundation. I applied my skill mixed with his gift to accomplish his purpose. And so when you begin to understand that you truly have a gift, and it varies from person to person, that's why we're the body. That's why we need each other. There are certain areas, and and what happens in the body is people become so uh, jealous. Well, I want to do that. Why can't I have that? It's not your gift. And if you would learn to fall in love with your own gift, you would stop coveting other people's. Why can't I be like so-and-so? Because God didn't make you that way. There are certain things God put in you. That's why if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's an idiot. But if you judge a fish by its ability to swim, it's a genius. And you have to learn, God put things in you for a reason and for a purpose. 
So then if you have to then realize that your gift is designed to give you something to begin to build, then you better know there's going to be resistance to whatever you're constructing. That's why he said that, uh, you know, uh, in Psalms 127, verse 1. Go it up there for me real quick. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman, the watchman wakes but in vain. In other words, if the Lord's going to build it, why do I have to build it? Why would he say that they who labor, in other words, he's the architect. You're the laborer. He designs it, gives you the gifts to deal with it, and then you are to go and execute what it is he's put in front of you. And that's why it says, unless he's watching out for what you're building, what do you need somebody to watch over it for if it's easy to build? Why would you need somebody to watch it and protect it if it was something that could be done with no effort whatsoever? If it's something that Satan's going to let you just walk into and build whatever God has put on your heart to build, you think he's just going to go, oh, oh, because God told you to do that. I'm sorry, I forgot. You need a watchman because there's an attack that comes with building anything. And the moment you want to bring your gift to the table in accordance with the plans, Satan goes, wait a minute. They're starting to wise up and become skillful in how to use what it is that God has given them. Long as you remain unskillful, long as you keep talking about what everybody else has got, then you become unskillful with what you have i love watching uh educational shows on people who are skillful what they do i don't care what it is it could be underwater basket weaving i'm always enamored at people who are absolutely skillful at what they do it, it, it just blows me away i'm like wow that's just amazing to me how gifted a person can be in various different areas and so you're not finished. You are not finished until you leave this planet. As long as you're on this planet, you have something that you are to be a part of, something you are to bring your gift to, something that is requiring you in order to build what God is trying to accomplish. So then what we have to then realize is then if he has an appointed time, for the things that are coming into our lives, then you better understand it ain't your time, it's his. It ain't according to your season, it's according to his. Well, I sure wish he'd tell me to, why? why? Why do you wish he'd tell you what he wants you to do? You won't tithe. Why would you want him to tell you what he wants you to do? You can't even show up for church. I don't talk to people that don't do what you say. There's no point. I, I, nobody's got time to waste like that. And people beg from God what they ought to be obeying their way into with God. Thank you, baby. Many get frustrated because they can only see the middle, but they expect the end. I'll say it this way. They know or they have an inkling 
that God has called them to greater things. But yet and still, because of where they currently are, they get frustrated in the middle of the stream. See, where you are now is not where you're ending up. That's why I said you may be little now. But you better understand that where you're on the road to, you got to stop looking at where you are now because where you are now is not where you're supposed to stay. That's just a layover. That's just a short temporary thing of where you are spending time where I am today. And Satan loves nothing more than to get you to give up because you are in the now thinking about what it is today, thinking about what I got right this moment. And it's not about this moment. God is taking you to another place. You're supposed to be going through it, not staying in it. And Watching it and looking at it and talking about how bad this is and how you know horrible this situation. It doesn't matter because God will always get the glory. Because when I come out the other side, I might be in the midst of the struggle right now. You might see me fighting this thing right now. But trust me, baby, when I get to the other side. And people think because they become frustrated. Look at Romans 5.1. I'm trying to teach, not preach. Y'all messing with me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Romans 5, verse 1. <coughs> Romans 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access, how? Into this wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope. Now watch this, look. He says, we have access to special endowment, grace, the, the gift that's been given to you, the talent, the thing that God gave each and every one of us. We have access to that how? Then why do people say they failed from grace? Why do people say the grace lifted? They're all excited to serve the kids. I love little kids, the little cheering. I love them. I just want to serve there. And then they get in kids for a week. And them kids be done wore them plum smooth. They're like, these kids, who's, these, whose kids is these? And it's like, wait a minute. When you was putting your kid in there and wouldn't serve, you drop your kid off and make everybody else deal with your little hellion. Now all of a sudden, you getting a taste. Oh, pastor, the grace is lifted. No, it didn't. The grace never lifted. But people use that as an excuse because how do you argue that? Right, right, right. Well, the first of all, you argue because it's unscriptural. Because I don't get into grace by grace dropping. So it couldn't have lifted. 
what lifted is my faith in what I believe that I was supposed to do. See, there's something about a person who knows what their gift is. There's something about a person who believes that they can access their special endowment by faith wherein we stand and rejoice in the glory of God and hope and know that my God has equipped me for such a time as The grace didn't lift. The grace didn't change. You didn't fail from it. You dropped your faith on it. Instead of walking in there saying, ooh, these kids are going to get a lesson today. They're going to learn about Jesus. I'm going to make an impartation into their life that will change their future. Instead of that, you walk in there, oh, God. <sighs> we got a lesson plan for today. And because you have no faith in the gift that God gave you, you will go out into the world and you'll sing for the world. You'll work for the world. You're the best employee out there. But you come in here and serve like you lost your mind. Like you don't know who you're serving. Well, the church would pay me enough. Listen, is that what it is? Is that what it is? Because there are people who have occupations that we can pay to provide services. So is it really money? Y'all don't talk to me. You don't. I can tell. Watch what he says. Not only so, but we glory. Hold on. He's writing to the church in Rome. And he's telling them, you have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Keep going. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. But we glory in tribulations. Knowing what? That tribulation worketh what? We will have trouble. The Bible says our lives are redeemed from destruction, which means the trouble can come. But the trouble is not to take us out. But trouble will still come. And when you are dealing with a mature Christian, you begin to realize, I am going to have to go through some trouble. If you thought it was all sugar plums and gumdrops, you were playing Candyland, you was not being a Christian. Because you ain't a Christian until all hell has broken loose in your life, and then you still have to stand by faith in the midst of all hell coming at you. That's when you can say, I'm a believer. There ain't no believing when everybody's on the same path and everything's going well. What's there to believe? I don't get confronted in my belief until I have found that whatever I'm believing for, there's a resistance and an attack that comes that when I go to build what God has called me to build, there's a fight on it. I got to square off my shoulders and I got to get serious and jump in the devil's face and let him know you ain't winning today. You might slow me down. I might have a limp. I might be hurting. I might be in pain. But you ain't stopping this. Look, look what he says. Knowing that tribulation 
will take you out. Huh? He says, it will work what? Verse 4. And patience and experience. Look, look. See, experience, if you're taking notes, experience is the process of being proved. It's the process, a time of probation. Experience is the knowledge gained by my test or trial. So notice what he says. Back to verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations work with what? Patience, my ability to endure. It, it gives me stamina. Because patience, experience, and when I've got a little bit of experience, then I have a whole different level of hope. See, when you try to take me out using this, that, and the third, and it didn't work, when, when you would speak to me in the middle of the night and tell me, you're not going to live much longer. I'm going to take your life from you. And I'm still here. And you done threw this at me. You done attacked my marriage. You done attacked my family. You have attacked my finances. You have attacked my health. You have tried everything you could do to take my life from me. Yet and still, I am still here. See, it changes to experience into hope because now I got a different image. My image is, yeah, you keep saying this is what you're fitting to do, but bring it. Because if God delivered me then, he will deliver me now. And he doeth still deliver. And, and, and so then I have to realize that I, I, I can't get mad at the hard places. I thank God for the hard places. I thank God for the hard places. I thank God for the hard places. Because the hard places are designed to give me knowledge that is gained in my life. Watch what he says, uh, Hebrews 5.13. For everyone that useth milk is what? In the word of righteousness, for he is a... Some translations, that word unskillful is inexperienced. Inexperienced. See, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. In other words, <clears throat> milk is you talk the word. Meat. Remember Jesus said, my meat is to do. Emphasis on do. See, people who use milk can say it. People who use meat can do it. Amen. He said the difference between those that can do it and those that can talk about it are the ones who are skilled or unskilled. Yeah. 
or inexperienced. So what happens is people who are unskillful have no experience. And what they do is because the hard places come, they keep trying to jump out of the hard place. I just want this over with. Lord, I'm just, I'm tired. I got to get out of this situation. Instead of realizing you're in the pan for a reason. It's to work with. And patience is the ability to endure. Why? Because see, what you don't understand is if your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men, then your gift will open a door that your character better be able to keep you in. And the problem is when your gift becomes the primary focus, instead of understanding, you got to have the character to understand what experience looks like so that you don't quit and give up. I am so glad that when we started our church, we had five people. I am so glad. You want to know why? Because there were things I needed to learn. There are people that I have run into over this 11, 12 years that have been a pain in my como se llama. Some of them are in this room. Some, some of them ain't. But either way, I thank God for you who, ha- who made it difficult for me, who made it hard for me, that spent more time on my couch in my office than I have. Because it built in me an understanding of what people go through. And it helped me to knock off some of the edges so that when you meet me, you get to deal with pastor. Because you wouldn't like Gene. Gene is not a nice person. I'd be geared up. When they get in here, as soon as they get in here, sit there, but nuts here right there. As soon as they walk in, hey. How you doing? How your mama doing? <laughs> and then they'll leave smiling and happy, and I'm like, God, why wouldn't you? Because he was teaching me. He's letting me know they ain't yours, they're mine. <laughs> Don't let your gift get you twisted. Because at the end of the day, people who are unskillful have no experience. And you better understand that the higher you plan to go, the more experience you're going to have to have. And, and it's not just knowledge of the Word. Because a lot of people can get up and quote Scripture to you. But can they stand after having done all to stand? Can they then stand some more? Or are they the ones that when their feelings get hurt, they jump from church to church? When their situation goes south in their home, they jump from wife to wife, girlfriend to girlfriend, boyfriend to boyfriend. They jump from one thing to the next because they have no ability to sit in the pan while it's cooking and be like, you know what? This is uncomfortable, but I'm going to stick this thing out because God will get the glory. God will be seen in my life. I am not on stage. I am the stage. And so many people lose their experience because they're trying to jump out. Just trying to jump out too fast. And then they wonder why they're doomed to keep. So here, God, a man like this again? God, why do you keep sending the same type of man? 
God's up there like, because you're the same type of woman. This tea is good. <laughs> Fellows walking around talking about, I don't know why, I just keep ending up with the same type of woman because you're the same type of guy. And what you don't know is because of who you are and your character, you repel Mrs. Wright. So you sitting there, you like, man, she cute. Wonder what I got to do to, to, to get with her. Change. <laughs> what, what, what do I got to do? Change. And then they come to my office. Pastor, I like so-and-so. Okay. You mean my spiritual daughter? Yeah, that one? Oh, okay. Well, what's your point? You got a job? What's your credit score? <laughs> well, Pastor, I ain't come to talk about all that. I know. But what you don't know is that's why she ain't interested in you. She can do bad all by herself. <laughs> see, see, what people don't understand is, is, is when you're unskillful, you, you, you don't realize how unskillful you really are until you are faced with an answer or a problem you don't have an answer to. See, God desires you to live through things experientially as well. Not just about, see, listen, you ever notice that when somebody preaches or talks about or, or teaches Scripture, you ever notice you can tell when they really haven't lived it? There's almost like a thing. You're like, yeah. See, and, and this is what I love when, when people talk about the millennial generation, a lot of people have very bad things to say about millennials. A lot of bad things. And can I tell you something? The thing about millennials, if, if you want to know how to deal with millennials, I'm going to tell you. So if you've been one of those people in the older generations that, you know, millennials are this and millennials are that, and they're no good and da-da-da-da, half of our senior squad are millennials. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the answer how to deal with millennials. Millennials can spot crap a mile away. They are very good at, at catching authenticity. Huh? So whatever's inauthentic, they don't want nothing to do with it. They can tell. They don't care if you are authentically righteous. They just have a problem with you trying to be righteous and acting. They'd rather you just be cold or hot, but don't be in the middle. Because in the middle doesn't produce success, and people know it. It took you a lifetime to figure it out. They're starting there. I just put y'all up on game. Free game. So if you're going to do anything, you first have to be authentic. You first have to be willing to fight. You first have to be willing to die. And if they know you're willing to die, they will stand right beside you and go to the battle with you. Why? Because they're beginning to understand experience is something that I can see. I can discern experience. I could tell somebody just talking. 
versus somebody who's been through it. This is why I said, <coughs> anyone who's unskillful, it's the word of righteousness. They're just talking, but there's no real experience there. Go to 2 Corinthians 8. Let's go to verse 1. Put an easy read if we have it back there, please. Do we have these read? Second Corinthians or Second Corinthians verse eight or chapter eight verse one, an easy read. Do we have it? Oh, there it is. And now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you what God's grace has done in the churches in where. Keep going. These believers have been tested by great troubles. These believers have been tested. These church folks have been tested by great troubles. And, just in case you didn't know, they are very poor. But their great joy caused them to be very generous. I'm going to mess with some of y'all right about now. It's interesting that people think that because they don't have money, they're not supposed to give. They think that. Well, if I had it, I'd give it. If I had enough money, I'd tithe. You don't understand, Pastor. If I had it, I'd give it. And you see, you pat people like that on the back, and you tell them it's going to be okay. But the truth of the matter is you already know that if you can't be obedient with a dime, you're not going to be trusted with a hundred. And he says, look what he says. We want to tell you what grace has done in the churches of Macedonia. These believers have been tested by great troubles, and they are very poor. But their great joy caused them to be very generous in their giving. I can tell you that they gave as much as they were able and even more than they could afford. No one told them to do this. Huh? See, because uh, if you think I'm preaching to you about trying to get something, from, I don't want nothing from you. Keep it. Hold it. You'll need it anyway. He said it was their idea. He said they were struggling and they came up with an answer to the trouble. They said, you know what we're going to do? Yes, there's trouble. Yes, we're struggling. Yes, we're under attack. But here's what we fit in to do. It was their idea to say we will not give in to the attack. We will not give in to the pressure. These are believers, church folks. Because you ain't forced to believe until you are attacked in what you are believing in. He said, uh, he said they just abounded. He said they realized that they had dro- joy... In their tribulation. They gloried in their tribulation. Woohoo! Money is tight. I got more month than money. Thank God for the hard places. Some of you ain't getting it yet, are you? And here's what they did. They gave their way out of trouble. 
They ain't quit going to church. Oh, pastor, I'm just going through some stuff with my job. So, I mean, that's just why I ain't been to church, but I'm going to get there. And the more you miss church, the less you miss church. They didn't quit going. They didn't quit believing. They didn't back up and say, God will understand. They decided in their joy, they gloried in their tribulation and said, we fitting to give our way out of this trouble. We're going to sow our way out of this situation. But you preach that to the general populace. Well, if they don't have, then they just don't have. And that's why they'll never get you have no idea the times where I've had to. It's all I got, Lord. You give it. Okay, you going to replenish it somewhere? And that's when radio silence happens. Because he's waiting to see. And then I give it. I remember one time I was, I was uh, out with my pastor. And... Um, we were looking at these uh, refrigerators and to put water in, in our office, you know, the small ones, stainless steel. And uh, we were getting ready to check out. And see, I wasn't the guy, just so everybody understands. I wasn't the guy who bought something new for myself and then gave what I had left over to my pastor. If I bought a new one, I got him one. So, so we're, we're standing at Home Depot, and I get this phone call. And the phone call is somewhat, you know, if you know anything about uh, banking and mortgages, decimal points and periods matter. <laughs> a decimal point or a period in the wrong place can cost you thousands. I mean, it's, it's huge, right? So I'm like, okay, I get this phone call, and we're getting ready to check out, and, I, and they told me, that there was a mistake done on some of the paperwork. And now I'm into this thing for about eight grand. And I'm like, dude, I can't afford that. So now I'm standing here and he's hearing my half of the conversation. So he says, you know what? He goes, after I got off the phone, he goes, let me pay for this. So he goes to get his wallet and I'm standing there and I actually step back from the machine and Lord just literally, I felt like he kicked me in my butt. And when he did, I swiped my card and paid for it anyway. So he's like, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I'm not going to let Satan get this one. So <clears throat> I drop him off at his office. I put his refrigerator in his office, set it up. And then I took mine home with me. I was going to take mine to the office the next day. When I get home, there's a check or an envelope that's sitting on a night table. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, and it's from my mortgage company. My mortgage company. Not the mortgage company I owned. My home mortgage company. I open the check up. And it's like 8100 and something dollars. My mortgage company. Now listen. I never. In all of my days. Seen a mortgage company, huh? send me some money, huh? but I know that my God huh, had already knew what was fitting to happen, huh? and he sits up on high 
and he calls things down low. And I sat there and said, you know what, if I hadn't, if I had to let this nonsense change up what. God was letting me know you didn't know that there was a period and a comma and all the stuff that changed. But I knew when it happened and I already dispatched what you needed. But I needed to know, are you able to stand in faith when the attack comes? Are you able to give your way out? Are you able to believe your way? Never been able to mess with me in that way ever again. Ever again. I, I never, look, look, put in the uh, message, please. <coughs> <coughs> Blessed be God forevermore. Put in the message. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. Them, they're already poor. Go back to, ver that's not verse one, is it? <clears throat> now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there, and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of the... Didn't it say they were very poor? Evidently, in their minds, they wasn't. You just missed it. That was a grenade. He says they were very poor. Evidently, in their minds. See, look, look at uh, Philippians 4. Can you put that in the NIV, please? Philippians 4.12 NIV <laughs> There it is I know what it is to be in need I know what it is to have plenty Paul the Apostle Wrote three quarters of the New Testament, called of God, appointed of God. And he's saying, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. He said, I've learned the secret. You want to know what the secret is? Being content in every and any situation. Whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. He said, let me, let me tell you the secret. If you want to know what the secret is. Here's a secret. You ain't going to get me to flip out because of this. You ain't going to get me to flip out 
because of that. I've had money longer than train smoke. And I've had to eat ramen noodles, not because I chose to, but because they was 10 cents a pack. I've been on both sides of it. A lot of people say, well, I eat rice and beans. I don't do beans. Just, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. But ramen noodles, which are terrible for you, by the way. They are horrible. They don't digest. They're just, just bad. Just as a warning. I want people to be like, Pastor said we ramen noodles. That's not what Pastor said. <coughs> he said, I have learned to know what it is to be in need and to know what it is to have plenty. He said, in the secret of being content in both. Whether I bathe, whether I bound. He said, I'm content. I'm unmoved. You're not going to shut me down because there's not enough money. See, and <clears throat> that word learned is experience. <laughs> See, he said, here's how I learned this. I learned this because I've experienced both. When I first got to a place of needing, it might have been uncomfortable. I might have even complained about it. I might have even backed up a little bit. He said, but the second time, and then the third time, and then I watched God move, and then I had more than enough, and then I saw when I had more than enough, He still moved, and then there was attack came, and then I had little, and then He still moved, and then I began, see, and then all of a sudden, now every time I see it, I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is little, He's about to move. Here's a lot. He's about to move. So now I've learned through experience. I've learned this. He said, I didn't just get this. This wasn't dropped in my spirit by the Holy Ghost. He said, I didn't just read this somewhere. He said, I lived it. So when you've had little and you've had much and you've had little and you've had much and you have gone through some experience where you have learned, I'm content either way. It don't move me because money don't move me. When the bill comes, is that all? I have supply. I have a supply. I have a supply. So I've learned that no matter what state I'm in, I'm content, baby. It's just going to be what it's going to be. We, we uh, you know, years ago, we used to have to have conversations where my wife would say, you know, we just spent a lot of money. Maybe we shouldn't get each other something for Christmas. Lies. <laughs> Care how much money I spent. Yeah. If I spent it, it's gone. It ain't coming back. Amen. Not from that way. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. She said to me a few years ago, I really like when people have multiple trees in their house. So how many you want? I mean, I at least like to have two or three. We got five. Five Christmas trees. All of them decorated to the hill. Hey, listen, listen. You, I'm not bragging on me. What I'm trying to tell you is God will deal with you in accordance with your revelation. And whatever you can believe him for, he's going to do. And this is where he said, I've learned that no matter what state, you're not going to shut, because see, it's the spirit of mammon. People don't understand the spirit of mammon will shut you down. 
It'll get you not to do what God's asked you to do. Do you think that in the 12 years that this church has been around, that every month we had the money we needed to do everything we needed to do? I didn't shut it down. I didn't go, oh my God, we might not make it. See, you've got to learn that no matter what state the situation is in, whether it's a lot, whether it's a little, whether you're feeling sick, whether you're feeling well, whether you're struggling, whether you're not, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, if you're single or not, you have to learn that whatever state you are in to be content. Because Satan would love nothing more than for you to be single and to get you to the place where you start thinking you're lonely. Because you know what you'll start doing? Lowered expectations. Now, five years later, you wake up with somebody that you want to gnaw your arm off to get away from. You're like, how did this happen? Because you did not learn to be content when you were single. You did not learn to be content no matter what state. See, Paul said I had to learn it. I had to learn it through experience. See, I, I, I'm, I'm not moved by the things anymore. There's still some things that can, it'll catch me. Catch me at the right time and the right moment, I'm about to go off. <laughs> and I got to talk to myself. I'd be like, Gene, yeah. <laughs> no, Gene, for real, huh? Don't go off. Smile, laugh, glory. In this tribulation, knowing that my God is working in me. Patience, endurance, experience, hope. Let's go to 1 Peter 4.16. 1 Peter 4.16. <coughs> 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 Yet if any man suffer as a what? Why are people so crazy to think you will never suffer as a Christian? Peter. Yet if any man suffer, what? We are never to suffer with the things that we've been delivered from. Galatians tells us we've been delivered from sickness and disease, poverty and lack, and eternal death. Right? Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we won't have symptoms. It doesn't mean, remember Paul said, I've had a little and I've had a lot. He wrote it, so he knows that he's been redeemed from it. But yet and still, he said, I've had a little and I've had a lot. So that doesn't mean we won't experience these things. What he's saying is, they won't have the victory. You have the victory. So, so look what he says. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, because some people will glory in their sickness. Oh, God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. There was a meme going around that said, perhaps God brought COVID into the world so people would learn to be, stay at home and enjoy their family. What kind of dumbness is that? And people are sharing this stuff. <clears throat> like my God created something that's killing folks. See, that's your God. That's not mine. Never mind. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him not be ashamed. 
Let him not run around trying to hide it and being ashamed of a situation that he's in. Let her not be ashamed of the struggle she's got to fight. Let other Christians not come up to you and be like, well, sister, if you just get your faith together. Making people feel ashamed when he's flat out saying, don't be ashamed. He says, but instead of being ashamed, let him Let him glorify God <clears throat> on, for what reason would I glorify God? On this behalf. What, what is this? This is the suffering. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for the hard places. I thank you for the things you saw fit to allow me to, to run into, and not only to get there, but to get through it. I thank you, Lord, that the call, evidently the gift you placed on my life, is such a threat to the enemy that he's after everything concerning me. So I thank you for the hard places. I don't thank you that I'm in a hard place. I thank you for the hard place. Because when the hard place is over, you will get the glory. When the hard place is through, you will get all of the glory. You will get all of the honor. You will get all of the praise. I know this thing is ugly right now. It feels bad. It, 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 it's oppressive. It hurts. This situation is hard to think about anything else but what I'm going through. But I know this much. You can count it all joy knowing Knowing that this is working patience in me. You're teaching me how to endure. So that when I'm struggling with a $1,000 payment, all of a sudden, when I'm responsible for a ministry that's got $10,000 payments, I'm not going to run and be afraid. When all hell is broken loose and it's $20,000, when it's $20 million, whatever it is, I'm going to remember the moment when I was struggling then. And I'm going to say, if you did it, then you're going to do it. And I thank you, God, for the hard places because you put me in these places to teach me something. You're teaching me to stand. You're teaching me to endure. You're teaching me to fight. Every step of the way, I am learning. I ain't no punk. It's funny. I had friends. I know, I know this is all going to shock you. But there was a time where I was in the club for sure. And when I went out with certain friends, I knew in my head which ones could fight and which ones couldn't. I did. And I always kept a tally because it was always the ones that couldn't fight that got us into a situation. And I had to know, because you know how you're in the club, right? You got to know where everybody is because if something jumps off, you got to know who you really can count on. I know that shocks y'all. But I wasn't pastor all my life. I didn't come out of the womb. In the name of the Padre, the Fidi, the Spirit, do Sante all up in here. Hey, that didn't happen. I got here to this place. And so you knew. See, <laughs> 
everybody talks trash until they get punched in the mouth. And once the first punch is thrown and they feel the sting, that will tell you what you're dealing with. Right? Because if you've already been taking some hits, it don't phase you. Like it phases somebody who ain't never took a punch. Right? Because, you know, we, we've all had the one, that one friend. You hit him out. Ah! <laughs> Bruh. What was that? And see, that person ain't ready. But, but see, when you go out with some folks... And they done took some punches before. When they take a punch, you're like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> if I was you, I'd run right now. And I wouldn't look back. Because this brother right here. It's, it's like when you punch him and he smiles. Oh, now we talking. Run. What you don't understand is, what you don't understand is, they're glorying in tribulation. See, when Satan punches you and you're like, oh, yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get it on. He's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was sort of kidding. <laughs> you ain't supposed to scream like no lily liver. You're supposed to get it. He swings something at you. You're like, oh, yeah, baby. Now we talking. Let's get it on. And you confuse the enemy. Because they're like, wait a minute. Why didn't that work? It didn't work because I, I got some experience. I have learned how to glory in tribulations. I have learned to count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of my faith worketh. Patience. He said, let patience have her perfect work. I ain't trying to get out of it. I ain't trying to talk you down anymore. You done swung. See, when, when, before you swung, we could talk it out. But now that you done swung on me, I got every legal right. So now it's on. You're going to take this whooping. Don't take it personally. But you're going to take this L. Because you're going to think twice the next time. See, this is why he said, let him glory on this behalf. What behalf? Whatever trial is. Whatever situation is. Woo. Thank God that I had to suffer. Because you built some stuff in me that if I hadn't gone through some of the things, I'd be quitting. When you came at me with this situation, I quit. But see, I've got some endurance now. I've got some experiences now. I got, I got some patience now. I, you have built some things in me that have been hitting me for so long. I don't know if I'm just crazy, stupid, or unable to give up. But I just have gone through too much for you to think that you throw one thing my way. 
that I'm going to quit? No, baby, you're going to have to kill me. See, that them the type of people you don't want to fight. If you don't know, if you don't know, don't fight nobody that's willing to die. If you know they're willing to die, look, I, I'm sorry. How can I make this right with you? Because I ain't fitting to die over this. See, I, I've, I've come to the conclusion that the reason why so many people don't know how to endure tax is because they want to get out of them instead of letting it do what it's supposed to do. See, God said, I, I, I'm put you in some places where I need you to be. <coughs> it's uncomfortable. You're going to have to explain it away. You're, you're going to have to answer questions about it. But when people see the outcome, when they see how you went through it, everything you do is teaching. People are learning. They're watching. They're watching. They want to know, how's she going to respond to that one? How are they going to get through this situation? See, it, it, it's it's... We have got to be careful as faith people that we don't convince people you're not going to suffer because you are. Many, the Bible says, are the afflictions of the what? The what? Hang on. That's not what it says. It says many are the afflictions of people who do wrong stuff. It says righteous. Many are the afflictions of the people who do stupid things. No, many of the afflictions of evil people who do bad things and make mistakes. It's got to be people who do stupid stuff. It can't be the righteous. I'm righteous. I've done right there. I did a good all my life. And yet I'm still, I, I made decisions for God and I said I'm going to do this and God, then I lose this. God, I've, committed to you. I said, I'm going to serve you. And then I lose this. This ain't right. I'm righteous. I'm right standing with you. Many are the afflictions. He said, but I will deliver them out of them all. He said, I will take you in your mess. And I will still deliver you. I will take you in your strength. And I will still deliver you. See, because we have to understand, we ain't backing up. Listen, I ain't got nowhere to go. All my bridges are burned. So we either going to go forward or we die. Because I ain't got no boats nowhere else. I don't have a lifeline. I ain't got no plan B. We're not backing up. We are not giving up. My situation does not dictate, nor determine, nor derail what it is I'm about to do. Because I've learned that no matter what state, <laughs> I've learned to be content. I've learned that I can trust Him. I've learned. First Peter 5. 1 Peter 5.10. Oh, my goodness. I'll praise him. That's what next week's about, right? 
I'm just thinking I'm on page three and I got eight pages. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll find a place in here to stop. But the God of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory, by? After that, ye have make you establish, strengthen. He said, after you suffered a while. How long's a while? How long's a piece of string? You know what I've learned, though? You know what a while is? However long it takes you to learn. That's what I've learned. So if you want them people that's hard-headed, you want them people, don't, 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 don't look down. Just, just look straight ahead. Nobody will know we're talking to you. You want them hard-headed folks? You know, stubborn? Got your own way of doing things? I don't know who, I'm going to do this. And, you know. <laughs> they don't know me. They better, they better recognize. And if they don't know me, they better figure it out. Better call somebody. You know you. You know you, right? I am me. You are you. Can I introduce you to you? And then you wonder why it's taking so long. Lord, why has this got to be like this? Because I'm trying to perfect, to establish, to strengthen, and to settle. And this is why people aren't settled. See, that's what Paul was saying. In whatever state I've learned to be settled. How did I learn to be settled? Because I went through this already. I've gone through similar situations already. You, you can't unsettle me because I'm... Watch this. Look, 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 look. Perfect means to repair, <clears throat> to adjust so that you will fit. Oh, my God. <clears throat> that word perfect means to repair or to adjust so that you'll fit. Establish means to turn someone with a firm determination to a certain direction. To turn someone with a firm determination to a certain direction. He says to strengthen you, which means to confirm in spiritual power and knowledge. And then he says to settle you, which is to lay a foundation to then erect or build. Settle means to lay a foundation, to erect or to build. <clears throat> he said, but the God of all grace who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, he will knock them edges off so you'll fit. Because right now you don't fit. Fit what? Your future. See, you, you're struggling with today. God ain't dealing with you about today. He's dealing with you about where you're about to be. He's way ahead of you. He's like, look, yeah, today, that's fine, that's fine and wonderful, but I, I don't care about today. I, I, I got some places to take you, and I got to get the edges off of you. 
So you're like, you know, I can't, I can't stand dealing with people. You know what your greatest problem is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you ought to be smart enough. Just even if you struggle with people, don't ever say it. People are like, oh, man, I, I wish I had patience. No, you don't. Because <laughs> you keep praying for patience. God will keep giving you opportunities to use your patience. Oh, man, I'm so sick of my money being funny, and I'm sick of the money situations. I, I just, I wish. God, oh, really? Satan's writing notes. Money. That's all he talks about. Money. That must be his button. So, guys, send him some bills until we deplete all of his. Surely he'll curse God then. Some of you just caught that. Surely he'll curse God if he runs out of. God, I've been single for so long. I've just been wanting and wanting and wanting. God, I'm tired of being. I'm so tired of being alone. I'm so tired. (laughs) Satan's like, oh, they're tired of being lonely. So let me send them this snaggle tooth. <laughs> Look like they bit a brick. <clears throat> What's her measurements got to be? 36, 20. You're not paying attention. Because if you, if you would hear me, you get why you suffer. He's trying to get you to a place where you are settled. You're strengthened in spiritual power. You know I'm anointed and appointed. I'm not going to give you any clues to what gets on my last nerve. God, I can't stand stupid people. Stupid people get on my nerves. (laughs) Satan's like, stupid people. (laughs) Now, everywhere you go, you in the grocery store. Here comes stupid. (laughs) He said, after you suffered a while, he says, to knock some of those edges off so you'll fit. He says, to establish you so that I'll turn your direction to get you to go where I need you to go. Because, see, you, you thought you had a plan, right? You had a plan. This is where you're going to go. I, I got it all figured out. This is what my life going to look like. And God said, no, I'm going to need you to suffer a little bit so, so, we, can, so we can just mm, turn that steering wheel just, just a little. Then he says, I'll strengthen you to confirm you in spiritual power so that you can watch me work. I, I love watching God work. I, I really do. I love watching God work. I love when he reveals answers to me and tells me stuff. I'm like, I'm like stuff I didn't even think about. He'll, he'll just gently, this is what it is. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. I'm like, you, you must have been doing this a while. <laughs> and then he says, because if I can knock the edges off of you, and then I can get you turned the right way, and then I can get you confirmed in spiritual power, 
and then I can get you so where you're settled. You ain't moved because of the nonsense anymore. If I can get you to do all of that, it's a wrap. You have now walked in what is believed and understood to be Christian maturity. Now all of a sudden when Satan winds up his thing and throws it at you, whatever it is, you're like, you know what? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you, really, you, really, you really thought that was going to slow me down. You really thought I was going to quit because of that? Bruh. If you only knew. See, because, you know, y'all know, you know, you know how people are, right? They know some of your testimony. They don't know it all. You have no idea what I've been delivered from. You have no idea the things God set me free from. You have no idea the struggles that I've had to endure. That's why I said endure hardness like a good soldier. Some of you, 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 you just, you, you pansies. <laughs> You're ready to run at the drop of a dime. You, you, you didn't got too much into this liberal stuff where everything is about you having a safe place. <laughs> Ain't nobody got no safe place. And if you found one, you're going to have to fight your way out of that too. Satan ain't playing games with us. We're the army of the Lord. That's why I said endure hardness like a good soldier and understand what you are up against. You are up against an enemy who hates you. There's no boundaries for him. He doesn't say, ooh, that's a little too sick. He's not looking at The only thing he wants to do is to use you to affect the world for his purpose. In the same way, God wants to use you to affect the world for his purpose. Satan ain't really trying to kill you, just trying to torment you. It's almost like when they kill you, they're like, oops, we went too far, now we've got to find a new house. Which tells you they don't know the line. You're fighting a, real, a very, very real enemy. And God wants you to know Yes, your gift will make room for you. It will bring you in front of great men. But your character is where you are perfected, established, strengthened, and settled. Now when people call you freaking out, you're like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Tell me what's going on. How could you be so calm? Listen, I ain't heard it yet. <laughs> well, you ought to be, as, no, no, no. You do you. And I'm going to do me. Well, I don't understand why you ain't angry like I am. Because I'm not you. I'm established. I'm strengthened. I'm settled. I just need to know what's going on. That I'm about to dispatch some angels to handle it. That I'm going back to sleep. Aren't you going to be up all night? No. The Bible says God never sleeps. Ain't no sense of both of us being up all night. <clears throat> See, there's a subtleness that comes when you've been through enough. That's why I thank God for the hard place. I thank God for stupid people. I, I do. I love them. Stupider the better. <laughs> do you hear what I'm doing? Yeah. I love it. Whatever. I love when I don't have. I love when I do have. I'm content in all situations Amen. knowing that the trying my faith worketh patience. <laughs>
But Father, we thank you. We're so grateful to be in your house, to sit under the ministry of your word. We thank you that you bring us into places that we just can't even discern or imagine. But you bring us there to bless us, to help us, to establish us, to strengthen us. We thank you that (coughs) (coughs) even though situations come against our lives, try to come against our health, try to come against our physical bodies, try to come against our relationships, we thank you that you are an eternal God. You were never surprised by any of these things. For you know the end from the beginning and from the beginning uh, from the end. And your word says that we might be little now, but wait until the end of the thing. We might not be much today, but we're going to submit to the process and gain the experience we need to be effective for you. My goodness. Father, these things we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen.